0: Jesus is alive. We saw him with our own eyes. Thomas says, I will never believe this. Ever. Until I put my fingers in the nail marks in his hand. Until I put my hand in his side. I will not believe. Are you kidding me? A few hours later, Thomas finds himself among the other disciples. And Jesus, boom, apparates. Poof. What? He's like, Hey guys, Shalom. And, uh, He says, Thomas, come here. Stop doubting. Come over here. Put your fingers in my hands. Put your hand in my side. Stop doubting and believe. And he says, my Lord and my God, it's you. And he says, blessed are you because you see and believe, but even more blessed are those who don't see and still believe. Now, did Jesus chastise and punish Thomas for, for doubting. What did he do with Thomas's doubt? He evidenced it, didn't he? Do you doubt? I think Jesus said, you should. Come over here and do this. Do this. It's fine. Go ahead. I want you to believe. I don't think Jesus said, I can't believe. Shame on you, Thomas, for doubting. And that's what he, we've called him that throughout the history is doubting Thomas. He's kind of one of the guys I look up to because I'm doubting Mark. You should be doubting Kyle and doubting Kennedy, doubting Jacob. You should always doubt until you are evidenced. Somebody gives you the evidence and then stop doubting. You have the proof you need. Cool. I think Jesus says it's really cool that the people whose proof, I think Jesus was saying, whose proof is not my body. They can't do what you just did, but blessed are the ones who believe even though they can't do that. They're still going to need evidence. God never once commanded anybody to believe anything that he didn't give them good reasons for believing. Sometimes he said, I am the Lord. I have said so. But you know what the good reason for believing it was? What about the 47 miracles I just did? Didn't I already establish myself as trustworthy? Uh-huh. So will you do this? Uh-uh. Do it. It's me. Oh, it's you. Okay. You can believe in me. You can trust in me. That's still proof. It's still evidence. So don't confuse you questioning or doubting with, uh, I'm not sure I'm allowed to do that. Yes, you are. Absolutely. Absolutely allowed. Okay. All right. Um, what's a claim? Somebody said, what's well, a claim with no proof? What's a claim? It's an assertion to truth. It's an assertion to truth. So we kind of go back to the beginning. It's when I say that something is true, that as a claim, if my claim has no evidence, it's an assertion. If it does have evidence, it's a, it's a, if it has evidence, it's more than a claim. It's an argument. It's an argument if I have supporting reasons for my conclusion. Okay. I know it's a little bit much, but that's why you're writing it down in your notes. What does the law of non-contradiction say? I know this is a little bit of a review, but... Something that is true cannot be not true in the same way. Okay, say it like this. Something cannot be true and untrue at the same time and in the same way, in the same respect. Make sure you have that in your notes and then like... That was a terrible impression, but like imprinted in your brain. Okay? I'm uh, you know what the first example of the law of non-contradiction is, by the way, in the Bible? It's kind of cool. Genesis chapter 3. Your chapter heading probably says the fall. The fall of man. Okay? Remember Eve and Adam? They went like walking around in the garden. And what happened in your words? Come on. Uh, she bit the apple. Oh, okay. It was an apple. How'd you know it was an apple? Uh, it's a fruit. Okay, the fruit. We assume it was an apple. That's what it's. Pictured as? You know what I think it was? I think it was a fig. You know why? They hurried to cover themselves with fig leaves. I think they were still right there next to the tree. And fig leaves are big leaves, by the way. I think Adam and Eve were kind of Amazons, but that's for another class. Uh, But yeah, fig leaves are huge. And they sewed fig leaves together. That means they got a whole bunch of them, so. They weren't big people. They weren't large individuals. As in overweight, I think they were large, as in taller. But anyways, so what happens? They took a bite of the fruit. Why'd they take a bite of the fruit, Trinity? Because, um, because by whom? By the, by, the snake. by the devil. Okay, by the serpent, right? Good. Now you're, you're, you're being precise, precision of speech. The serpent came in and tempted them. Uh, cool. What did the serpent say? Could be just like God. Did you say that God lied? Who said God lied? Oh, you could be godlike. Is that what you said? No. What did you say? I didn't. The said that God lied to them. Okay, cool. That is true. The serpent said God lied, which is a huge, bold statement. Big, big deal to say God lied. God said, On the day that you eat of that fruit that's in the middle, that's on the tree in the middle of the garden, you will surely die. And then the serpent came around and said, What did God say? And they said, Well, on the day that we eat of the fruit, we're going to surely die. And this serpent said, No, you won't. You won't die, which is saying God's a liar. So, if you eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, you will surely die. And if you eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, you will not surely die, is the law of non contradiction. And it's being held up. Because even Satan knows, the serpent knows, it can't both be true and untrue at the same time. You're either going to die or you're not going to die. He says you won't die. God says you will die. And guess who Eve believes? The stinking serpent. Dang it, Ethan. Two questions. So um, if they didn't know the the difference between good and evil until after they... Uh, the ate the fruit then how would they know that it was wrong to eat it it's not about good and evil so much in my opinion as it is about obedience god said don't do this which is an obedience it's a command and satan said go ahead and do it um there are some that that question wait a minute could adam and eve have even known what death was god says you will surely die how would they even know that i got a better question this is my favorite question. I'm going to write a book one day about this. How did Adam and Eve even know how to speak? How did they even understand language in the first place? Did God have grammar lessons with Adam and Eve when they were seconds old? All right, that's a verb. Now, this is a noun. Now, listen, verbs are going to modify actions. and They're going to, you know, no. God just says, Adam, I want you to name the animals. And suddenly, miraculously, almost as if his brain were created to understand language, Adam gets up and starts naming animals. Yeah, and he has conversations with God. How does he do that? So my argument is, and it's an argument of analogy, if God can place inside of Adam's brain the innate ability to understand, fully understand language, could he have also placed within Adam and Eve an innate ability to understand the difference between right and wrong? Well, if you say yes on the one, you have a hard time denying the other. You have a hard time making a case that God couldn't instill morality even though he could understand, instill language. They're both mental concepts. They're both uniquely human and they're both only found and understood inside of a mind. So, how are you going to deny one and not the other? Are you following me or am I just way over y'all's head? It's like Thursday at 10 o'clock, Mr. Dean, stop. So, they already knew the difference between right and wrong. I think they had an innate sense of the same morality that. Have you ever seen two year olds play? Two year olds. I mean, do two year olds understand justice and mercy and compassion and these finer points of the law? They're two. They understand, I gotta poop, I gotta pee pee. That's my toy, I'm hungry, I want a cookie. They're two. You can't reason like I can with you with a two year old. Yet have you ever seen two two year olds fighting over a toy and what does the one say? That's mine. You can't do that, it's mine. And he takes it and the other one goes, I'm bigger, I'm stronger and he goes, Boom. And he goes, hey, that's not. Okay, nice. How does he know the difference between nice? and It starts with an F and ends with air. That's not fair. Now, how does he know what fair means? How could he possibly understand the intricacies of fairness? How do you even build a case for understanding fairness? What is fairness based on? It's got to be based on. Deep understandings of right and wrong and what is proper and improper. And he's got to understand personal property. He's got to understand possession, acquisition, relinquishing. How does he do that? He's two, but yet he knows instinctively that's not fair. Why? Because he took it and he didn't ask me. He took it and it's not his, it's mine. He's two. So I'm just saying, I think God does place a a sense of morality in every human's heart because there are certain things that I think universally are wrong and people know they're wrong. For example, let me give you one universal wrong. It doesn't matter if you're a cannibal in a tribe from the Amazon in the year 1325. It doesn't matter if you are a caveman banging rocks together going unga unga unga. It doesn't matter if you are a sophisticated Brit walking around saying, Well, shall I be? I nice say, I went to Cambridge and got my education, and you're brilliant. It doesn't matter. Kicking babies for fun is universally wrong. Even cannibals don't kick babies for fun. Do you understand? Every single human being that is, let me, let me tell you, there are, there are those of us that are mentally handicapped. Okay, someone that has a severe mental retardation and doesn't even speak, doesn't know. Of course, we're talking, that's an exception. We're talking about the average, normal, healthy person would know that tripping an old lady just to watch her fall is wrong. I I shouldn't do that. Murder, without justification, murder, that's wrong. It doesn't matter what tribe I'm from or how many spears I can throw, doesn't matter. I know these things. The question is how? How do you know that that's wrong? Where does that morality come from? Well, it comes from society. Can't work because society's morality changes. Well, it comes from the culture in general. Nazi culture showed us that that can't be true. It's got to transcend humans. It's got to be transcendent to us, above us, because all humans have it which means we couldn't have come up with it if we all have it. And we all feel a sense of obligation. Why do you obey the law, if you do? Why do you obey the speed limit? What are you afraid of? Getting pulled over. Getting pulled over. so what, big deal. You get pulled over, what's gonna happen? Oh, you get a ticket, so that kinda hurts your wallet, right? So I obey laws because of my love for Texas. I just love Texas and Midland. They're just, oh, I love them, and so I'm gonna obey their laws. You don't want the consequences. Will laws be followed without consequences? Could you imagine your parents? You, mister, have a curfew. That curfew is 12 o'clock. If you are even one minute late, do you know what's gonna happen? Nothing. So be home by 12. What if I'm five minutes late, Dad? Five minutes? Oh, buddy, I'm not gonna do a stinking thing. In fact, if you're not home at all, that's fine but I need you home by 12. Would you be home by, no, you wouldn't. You'd be like, well, if nothing's gonna happen, why would I do that? We obey laws because we fear consequences. Sir. Morality came from God. Now, you're getting a little crazy on me because you're following the evidence where it logically leads. If morality is transcendent to humans, and I think we can demonstrate that it is, if morality is innate in all humans, and I think we can demonstrate That basic morality is uh, you and I might disagree whether or not it's okay to just hurt a cat. You say, well, cats are just animals. They're they're not important. I can hurt cats. Or I can kill mice. I can stomp on baby chickens, right? (laughs) Thanks, Deacon. (laughs) You like that, stomping baby chickens, right? Hey, you can't stomp on baby chickens, they're cute. Ah, I can't stomp on them because they're cute. What if they were ugly like rats? Oh yeah, all day long. (laughs) So the question is, is it transcendent to humans? I think it is. If it is transcendent to the human to humans that means it's something over and above us that gives us our morality. You got two choices, folks. Three. Your morality comes from rocks. And I'm dumbing that down because it has to come from non-living sources. Life had to come from non-life, ultimately, if there is not a power that is transcendent to us. Life came from non-life. Think about it, in the beginning, bang, big bang, planets formed, orbits, dust, hardened, boop, 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 what was there, rocks. Then what, well, eventually rocks gave birth to life. Okay, I'm just telling you the non-god option. That, remember, or you don't know, this is Al, Al Yen. Um he has an asian name but it's truly just in the name that alien alien so alien was given to me by a student in this class in 7th grade can you guess who <laughs> ethan only ethan would win a giant green alien be carrying it and i said oh cool alien he goes you can have it and i was like i don't want your alien he's like no take it please. And then it's Ethan. So he wouldn't stop. And I was like, Ethan, I feel terrible. He's like, take it. Uh, You have to now. I want you to have it. And so uh, we blew it up and I stuck it in my room and it's been there ever since. He's in 11th grade now. 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th. Five years I've had Alien. Aliens are the only explanation for where we get our morality if you don't believe in God. Rocks or aliens? Frank Turek wrote a book. Lovely book. Fantastic book. It's called, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Tell me you don't have to have faith to believe that rocks gave you your morality or aliens have seeded the earth and they did it. And then your question should be, where do aliens come from and where did their morality come from? And now you're in the same problem. Yes, sir. I think that homosexuality is morally acceptable. Did that come from rocks? Yes, it did. Good question. Thank you.